Welcome to the CLS Experience. I'm your host, Craig Siegel. I'm a born and raised New Yorker who achieved success with multiple businesses, but I crave something deeper. So I dedicated myself to personal growth and transformation by revamping my mindset. I went from being unable to run a mile to conquering four marathons the following year. Now, I want to help others manufacture big breakthroughs of their own. I get it. And that's why I understand everybody's personalities, cultures, demographics. It's kind of like back to goodwill hunting. Like, yeah. and by the way, I'm not saying I know everything, but I'm also intuitive enough to know what I don't know and also grab that. Oh, he just said something I didn't know. And I just take it all in like a machine. Yeah. Just, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Why did he act like that? How come that guy's being stubborn? How come she won't listen? And I take it all in and then I like compute it in my crazy mind to figure out how to fix it. On today's episode of the CLS Experience, we have a very special treat. He's a DJ, producer, Grammy-nominated, multifaceted music mogul and entrepreneur. Just an overall juggernaut and a terrific human being. So let's get familiar with the icon, Clinton Sparks. Clinton, how you doing, my man? Uh, dude, I, I got to tell you, man, that might be my favorite. You articulated and enunciated everything so clearly, like the icon, the one, the only <laughs> in a world where DJs. Like, you know, like, I was waiting for you to start saying, talking like that. That That's was awesome. Great. I take great pride in my tonality. Uh, I love that. What's up, Greg? Thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure, my man. I've been a a lifelong fan of yours. And like I told you earlier, before we hit record, you know, I know that you do a lot of these. And of course, I do want to talk about the journey and, you know, way back so the audience can get familiar in case they're not, which they definitely are. But most importantly, I want to talk about the mindset because you've been through a ton of adversity and challenges and you persevered. And that's what, to me, is so relatable and and what I absolutely love about you. And like I said, I've been a huge fan since the early days with the mixtapes and nice. just everything that you do, my man. And and recently, like I told you, I, I do my homework because preparation breeds confidence. A quote that you said that really stuck to me, and I want to start it, start it with this right now, is don't let anyone penetrate your happiness. I love that. Right. Tell us what you mean by that. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people spend their life or, or their time like seeking happiness, whatever they believe uh, is the thing that they need to accomplish that they think is going to make them happy in this like eternal bliss. Uh, that, that one thing I'll say too is another quote of mine is uh, don't think just because you made your dreams come true that you've escaped your, your nightmares. Ooh, um, and I think love that, that, you know, that, you know, a lot of people think like, if I just make this much money, if I just get this job, if I just do this, I'll be happy. Um, in one, you have to really identify what happiness is, right? Because uh, I think a lot of times you're misled to believe that a certain thing that, that will happen will lead to happiness. Uh, and I think a lot of people neglect everything that's around that happiness that also comes with it, right? Um, so when I talk about not penetrating your happy, I'm talking about people always talk about trying to get happy, trying to be happy, trying to find happy, uh, trying to stay happy, but no one ever really talks about defending happy, Um and it's like, you know, I'm a real, uh, I'm outspoken about defending happy. And what that means is once you find what makes you happy, whether it's your career, whether it's your family, whether it's your relationship, whether it's yourself, right? You're happy with yourself, right? Um, you can't let anybody penetrate that happiness, uh, illiterate with some negativity or things that'll make you unhappy. Therefore, you must defend, 
your happiness. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, a lot of people tolerate or or withstand whether it's a family member, a parent, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, say things or make you feel in a way that makes you not happy, right? And then we sit around and we say, well, I need this job. Uh, well, they're my parents. What am I going to do? Well, maybe she'll change. Well, like, and you do all these things and it's like the only thing that needs to be changing is, is you and what you're going to accept and what you, what you want. If, if your life, if you just selfishly say to yourself, Here's what I want in my life. It's my life. It's only, I only have one of this, right? And I want to make it as awesome as it can be, right? Then you need to, you need to set these guidelines and these rules and these boundaries for your happiness that you won't allow these things to penetrate your happiness because my happiness is more important to me than tolerating what you're making me deal with. And by the way, you just made me, you just illustrated why my happiness should be even more important because the fact that you don't care about my happiness and you're willing to throw up all over me with that garbage you know makes me unhappy, all the more reason why I should put my happiness as the number one priority. So that's what I, I mean. That. I love that, buddy. It's so true. Like, And also, like society dictates allegedly what's supposed to make us happy or certain accomplishments, but it's so true. It's, it, happiness is an inside job, for lack of better words. I've never, I never felt peer pressure. I've never, look, I never drank alcohol. Like I never, like, I don't, I don't do things because somebody else does it. In fact, likewise, I'm kind of almost the opposite. Like if everyone else is doing that, then I don't want to do it. Um, so, you know, whether it was like being, you know, recruited into DJ crews or you should do that, you should do this. And it's like, I don't get pressured by other people or feel if the majority feels a certain way. Cause guess what? Like the majority is usually wrong. <laughs> it's not the majority that creates Apple. It's not the majority that creates Disneyland. It's not the majority that creates greatness. It's one person. That's right. And, and the majority is in the stands watching. So right. why would you follow the majority if the majority is usually ones buying tickets to come to your show? Be the person that is the show. People are going to come. And in order to be that, you got to be original and think your way, not their way. So true, buddy. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's like, the road less traveled, right? Those, those like the real icons, like the Walt Disney's of the world, guys like you, like pioneers. It's because they went against the grain. And I love that you said that. And also a quote that stuck out with me about you is that, because I was listening to one of the podcasts that you did recently, when you were coming up in the DJ scene, and I think you were out with some of the people in the industry and they were like, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to be the best DJ in Boston. You're like, that's your, you're doing it right now. That's the problem. I'm trying to be the best DJ on the planet. Uh. Love that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the old saying, like, uh, if you, if you aim for the moon, even if you miss, you're still amongst the stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're, if you're aiming down here, like my, I'm already ahead of you because I'm already, I'm looking up there. Yeah. So, you know, but, but, you know, it's one thing for people to think like that. Uh, people are like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be the best in the world. Cool. But what are you going to do to do that? Right. So that's the big differentiator between somebody who sits here and says, man, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Stop fucking trying, bro. Do it. And that's the other thing. Even when I was younger, I didn't sit around like waiting for somebody to help or waiting for somebody to understand me or trying to like, I just, yo, here's what I'm going to do. And I even, I even say in my book, I like, I almost naively didn't realize that there, I, there's a possibility I could lose. 
I didn't even think like that. I just thought like there hasn't been a goal in my entire life that I said that I haven't accomplished. It just it hasn't happened yet. And the reason being is because I don't stop until it happens. You know what I mean? So like I I don't I don't fail. I don't get deflated. I don't I don't suffer from a lot of the things that other people suffer from when something doesn't go their way. I don't get emotional about it. I I calculatively look at what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong that didn't get me there? And that's another thing. People will say, oh, this person hated, this person blocked. If it wasn't for that, no, it's fucking you, right? So if you assume responsibility for everything, guess who you can rely on to fix it? The only person that fucking is the one responsible for it going wrong. That's it. So, you know, and that's how I always look at things. So even if somebody else on my team Look, I'm smart enough to know, like, fuck, he messed up. That's why this happened. But I still take it on as me, and I say, okay, well, he's an extension of me. So how do we now fix this? Yep. I'm the same way. It's the same exact thing. If someone on my team messed up, and even in my head, I realized, it, what could I have done better to communicate the task? Or how could we have done better? I love that. Right. We're going to jump around a little bit, Clinton. When did you know in the beginning that you were going to go the DJ route? Did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit in you? Or was the DJing thing a passion for yours from an early age? Uh, well, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit in me, but I didn't always want to be a DJ. Um, so, in fact, being a DJ was not my goal. It just happened to work out. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the short version of the long story is uh, I was a producer and an artist. And I would produce all the local people around in Boston. And then I would, um, I would like win all the talent shows. I was a dancer. I was a rapper. So I did all those. Even in high school, I'd take over the school rallies and put on big shows. Um, I'd choreograph the cheerleaders, like a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, that's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, it's tough trying to, when you're a, a, a complete nobody, uh, especially pre, uh, um, social media, uh, and you're just, uh, uh freaking white dude in Boston in your mom's basement trying to get people to listen to your hip-hop music. You know what I mean? So right. uh, it's pretty difficult, especially at that time. If you were white in hip-hop, you were either Vanilla Ice or Eminem, right? That's that's what you'd get called. So uh, I just knew I was dope. So I um, just kept being dope, and then I befriended the, the DJ, the big DJ in my city, and I would make intros for him, and I'd get him drops, and I would do a bunch of stuff to, to add value to him and his show, to make him seem doper than he was. Um, that would now want him to be close to him, me to be around him. So I'd hang with him at the radio station. I started understanding radio, how record labels deal with radio, uh, how the DJ interacts with the, with the record label executives. And he would, as a, as a buddy, would say, hey, you should listen to my friend Clinton Sparks. He just did a remix to your song. And they'd be like, oh, cool. Hey, you're going to play my record? And then I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. If I become a DJ, they'll want to be my friend. And then uh, at least I'll at least get a courtesy listen now because they want me to play their shit because I have the power to play their records and break it. So now they're going to listen to my stuff. So I just realized I was a DJ in my room, like my bedroom. Like I DJ when all the older kids would come over and I and I beatbox and DJ and do all that stuff. But it wasn't I wasn't like I want to be a DJ. So um, when I realized the power that I could have by being a DJ, uh, that's when I became a full time DJ and. Started, uh, I, I started by syndicating myself onto a, um, I was on like a 10 city, uh, there's a company called Super Radio and I would hear that on Sunday nights on the station in my, in Boston. I'd ask my friend, 
what is that? I know that's not you mixing. What is that? He's like, oh, it's a syndication company where they syndicate shows. So I found out where they were located and I kept nagging them for like a year, sending demos, sending demos, sending demos. They kept saying, we're all set, we're all set. I got their address. They happened to be in my state. I didn't know that. And I drove to them with a demo and I showed up unannounced and they tried to shoo me away. And I said, uh, look, man, if you give me five minutes of your time, either you fucking find a winner without even looking or I'll never bother you again. Uh, so he's like, all right, man, let's sit in the lobby. I got some meetings. I'll get back to you. Sat there for hours. It then became the end of the night, and I think he forgot I was there. And he, start, <laughs> he started to leave, and then as he left, he seen me out of the corner of his eye. He's like, ah, oh, hey, man, can you just like leave your CD here? And I was like, nope. I was like, I waited here all day for you, so now you're going to give me five minutes. Um, so, you know, he, he's like, all right, and he reluctantly brought me in his office, put the CD in, listened to it, and right off the bat, you know, he was just like, this is you? And I was like, yeah, if you skip to other tracks, you can hear some remixes. He's like, holy shit, this is you? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right, let me play this to the big boss and I'll get back to you the next day. John Garabedian, who was the owner, a legend in radio, uh, called me the next day and was like, hey, man, look, we don't pay our DJs to do these shows, but we want to pay you. Can you start next week? Uh, so that's how I, that was my first entrance into having a legit show um, on radio. So much value in that, in this conversation right now, especially for the audience listening. Listen, I mean, the DJing, you stumbled upon that because you saw an opportunity to capitalize on. Because right. by doing that, you knew that all these artists and whatnot, it was beneficial for them. They saw value in you. So right. I love that. And then also, obviously, it's safe to say that you're relentless and you have a ton of persistence waiting outside the guy's office all day. So you have to yeah. do a closed mouth doesn't get fed. I love that. Yeah. Well, was, and sometimes a loud mouth gets shut up. It's so true. It's you got to find, find the balance between... Um, persistence and aggravation. Yeah. So did you, when you, just to go back for a second, DJing in your room, is that like an outlet or a passion? Because I know that you, you're dealing with some stuff as, as a kid and like, you know, so was I and a lot of people do. Did you use like DJing as a little bit of an outlet for you? Yeah. So I was, um, I had a pretty lo- rough childhood. Uh, so I was pretty lonely and my, my best friend was basically my radio. Uh, so I was really into music, like, like obsessively into music, like notes, chord progressions, lyrics, like everything. Um, like you could start doing like two notes of a song. I'd probably tell you what it is. Right. <laughs> so um, everybody always says like, how the fuck? Like as much as like, cause I really, 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 right. Uh, like, you know, even in a mix, I'll hear like one hit in the back on the left pan. Da, 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 like that's the same note from these three songs. You know, like I was that obsessive when I was young. Um, right. So, at that time, you know, cassettes were still in play, and my mom had a cassette, dual cassette deck with a turntable on the top. So I would like pause and record and, and get the part of a song that was just playing music, and I'd loop it, and I'd try to start writing new melodies over that loop to make a whole new song over that. And then on top of that, I would start using that loop of those beats to start and start scratching over it. And I'd like hold photo and press auxiliary as like the crossfader. So it would like open up to like, chip, 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 chip. Um, so that's how I started. And then like, I was, I don't know how long this part this podcast is or how detailed I should get. But when I was young, I was, Go in. I was a big criminal and a thief. So like I um, used to rob houses and steal cars and do all that stuff. And I would stick people up and, and um, 
I stole my first set of turntables. And like, so I was 13. So like all the 17, 18 year old kids would come over my house and rap while I'm DJing and beat juggling and, and, and beatboxing and stuff. So, um, that's what I would do coming up. And then, yeah, that's, you know, I, I knew how to DJ cause that's what I started doing. Yeah. But I never thought I want to be a DJ. I wanted to be a producer. Um, so, but I, like the story I just told, that's how I realized, okay, here's my end. If I use this skill, it's not exactly what I want to do, but if I use this skill, it'll help me get to here, which once I get to here, it'll help me highlight this skill. Yeah. You're a visionary, simply put. And I love that. I mean, it's really calculative. Like, it's just, it's really strategic. And like a lot of people, a lot of people get feel, feel like they failed or get deflated because in their mind, they make this like very tunnel visioned uh, path to this one goal, right? And they don't know how to pivot uh, when they're making their plan on that goal. They don't plan how to fail. If you don't have failure as part of your plan, then you didn't make a good plan. Because then when you fail, you don't know how to deal with it. You're just like, fuck, I didn't see this coming, right? Love so, that. And then it throws you off, you know, off your footing. So it's really important. I don't, I don't, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, how did you learn this? Like, where did this come from? And then I was like, I just, I thought like this since I was young, man. Like since I was 12 years old, I, I was very, very analytical and I just paid attention to everything. Like, I mean, I could tell you why now that I'm adult, I know all the reasons why I built this way, but like it'd be too long to talk about. And it's like too long of a, I've lived like 10 lives. So like, um, the, the things that I pulled, like I'll tell you one of the, one of the reasons I was able to pull this kind of skill really fast because I was, I was the only white kid in a black school. And back then, like snapping on each other was was the big thing, right? So I'd literally have to walk in with my head down and know what everybody's wearing, what their haircuts look like, what kind of fucking sneakers he has on, the way that he's walking. Does he got a cleft lip? That like I got to know the whole room. So when someone comes at me, I can be so fucking killer with my snaps that I already have it prepared, and I don't even have to look at you. So if someone's like, "Yo, yo, white boy, what's up with that?" Da, 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 and then I just come back like, "Dude, how about you try that?" Da, 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 without even looking at them, they "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? So like, that's like you know that. Plus, I was bullied, so I had to when I was younger. So I had to learn how to out talk bullies. You know what I mean? So I wrapped them up in words, and by the time they realize I just dissed them, I'm already gone. So like. You know, it was that. It was like, you know, there was a, there's a lot. Like I was sexually abused as I was a kid. My dad left when he was an alcoholic, and my mom was a single mom. And there's just a lot of things that you pick up because you're surviving, right? So like, you have to learn how to survive. And how to, if you want to learn how to survive in the streets, then you know, there's a lot more than just fucking somebody telling you or reading a book. Yeah, and, I and you know, I, I I've lived all that, you know, and in different realms too. It's not even just like you know he's a tough street kid, or you know he's he was in the criminal criminal world, or you know he would never he would skip school, and never go to school, or like there's so many things, and like I might probably never tell everything that I that was part of my life, but like there's so many facets of my life that it's almost fucking unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like even when you listen, you could go to clintonsparks.com, right? And look at about Clinton and look at the timeline. You just go to every year for the past 19 years. Every year I did something so fucking killer that like somebody would take one of those things and live off that for the rest of their life and say, this is what I did. Yeah. Right? I got that every fucking year. Right. And that's, that's just like, as I'm becoming an adult in like my career, that's not even counting like before when I was before I became twenty. You That's know it. what I mean? So like from eight to twenty is like fuck, man. Like I lived ten lives even before twenty. 
It, you know what I mean? Let alone it, it everything I've done. Stock, like, it's like this. Huh? If you were a stock, steady incline. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. I actually use that analogy. Like I go, I've steadily been going like this my entire life. Um, but yeah, so I feel like I'm just ranting right now. No, first of all, I appreciate you being so vulnerable and the CLS audience is going to appreciate that because that's what makes this show so unique and so special is that you, you let your guard down and you share that with us. And, you know, I recently had an actress on here, Taryn Manning with a similar story, not the same, but all the things that you were dealing with kind of at the same time, like you had a falling out with your pops, he was an alcoholic, sexually abused, being bullied. At that point, like you had, you could have gone one or two roads. That could, you could have easily gone down a different path that would right. be, you know, much uglier and so forth. And by the, and by the way, that's by design and by choice. So when people like use it as an excuse, like nobody loved me or I was abused or my dad left or we were broke or they make these excuses for why they can't get to a better place in their life. That's really all it is, is an excuse. Cause I hear people all the time say stuff like, uh, you know, this is a long journey back to healing or, you know, it's a long road to getting to a good place and, you know, I say all the time, it's not a long journey. It's merely a decision, a decision that you can make like right this second. Love that. And change your entire life today. Walk out this door and say, that's not going to bother me. Like people all the time, like there's been like, when you hear like the real detailed story of my childhood, there's people that are like, holy shit. And like, they can't believe I explained it all like that. And, and I'm like, it doesn't bother me though. I'm not affected by it. Cause, and I'll tell you why. Cause I didn't fucking do it. It's not my fault. If anybody should be bothered, it should be the fucking guy that did it to me. You know what I mean? He should be living with that every day, not me. I lived with it in the moment, and then I detached, let it go. It's not my fault. I didn't cause it, and I didn't do it. So why the fuck am I going to sit here crying about it? If I broke my leg when I was 15, am I going to still talk about my broken leg when I was fucking 15? It healed. It's over. It's not broken anymore. You know what I mean? So, And that's how you got to treat your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, everything. Stop fucking dwelling in the past. My dad went to therapy. He still goes to therapy for fucking 40-something years. I'm like, Dad, it doesn't work. It's not working. What the fuck are you still going for? What do you feel like you're going to learn in year 47 that you didn't learn in year 37? (laughs) Like, it's over. Call it a throw in the towel. Like, you're either just broken forever or you just, by the way, everything that bothers you is fucking dead. Your mother, your father, everything that you're fucking broken over is fucking dead. What do you talk? What are you worried about anymore? Love that. Let nothing disturb you. Everything passes away. And also, like when I start working with a lot of my clients in terms of revamping their mindset, a lot of them have gone to 20 Tony Robbins seminars. Nothing against Tony. A lot of respect. He's the godfather. But just like you just said, like how many do you have to go to until you decide to take action? So for the audience, it's so valuable what Clinton's saying. And if you don't think he's been through it, I mean, just listen to this conversation. He makes zero excuses. And he uses all those experience and they shaped him. And he uses that, if anything, as inspiration to move forward. So it doesn't matter what your story is, own it, move forward. And I love that you said that. Right. So, and, and you know what? The things I, the advice I just gave too, like it really makes you, f- like, it really makes you fuck with yourself. Meaning, like, when you're just like, yo, I know I'm dope. You know how I know I'm dope? <laughs> It's like if you fucking built a house and you sit back and you look at it and you, you know you built it. You look at that and you're like, yo, this house is dope as shit, right? And you don't feel bad saying that. People feel bad saying that about themselves. 
but I can look at myself and say, I know I'm fucking dope. And you want to know why? Because I was built by design. It's not my opinion. It's I know what a dope house is, just like I know what a dope human is, right? So when I was young, I knew like, all right, here's what women don't like in a man. All right, here's what makes people not like a certain person. All right, here's a shitty way to treat your fucking kids. All right, here's a way to not be like disloyal, not to be not trusting and like, just look at the world. You can see what works and what doesn't and what sucks and what doesn't. So when you do that, then you're like, I'm not going to do those sucky things and I'm going to do my best to be these great things. Yeah. And, and then and that's how you, you build yourself by design, Love not by circumstance. Yeah. And I'm the same way. And this is so deep and powerful, Clinton. And again, I just want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing everything. I want to ask you, like, if you have something that pops up in the present that triggers one of those old memories, Obviously, you're human. Maybe you'll feel it for a second. What technique do you have to kind of not let that own you? I, I guess going back to like realizing it's not my fault. It is what it is. There's nothing that can change the past. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like I don't really ever get hit. The only time something like that ever happens is if like I see a movie or something that like I relate to the character in that movie right. and what they're going through. And, I, and, and, a lot, and a lot of times people get upset and cry because they feel bad for themselves, right? And they're like, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, why? And and I get more upset because I think about other people that have went yeah. through that too. I'm okay and I'll be okay. But there's some people that, you know, I, I come off a little abrasive about like, you know, you know, get over it, right? Kind of theory. <laughs> but, but, but I also know that everybody's not built with the same operating system that they uh, have this, the same tools to to fix situations as maybe I do or you do or somebody else does. But you right? can learn them. They're adaptable. Well, that's the thing. You you can if you can first recognize that there are other tools that are outside of your toolbox. Um, you know, I think, you know, this goes for business, it goes for life, but everybody knows or thinks they know what's awesome about themselves, right? Uh, it's very fucking rare that people are equally aware of what sucks about themselves. Right. Like even you. Right. But let's just say, you know, you think you're a good guy and you take your girl on dates and you keep your body in shape and you're here trying to help people. Right. But like you might not be aware enough that your girl's unhappy with the way that you communicate with her. And in your mind, you're like, what do you fucking mean, man? I'm fucking I'm responding to you. I'm saying no, no, no. I'm listening to you. What the fuck else do you want me to say? Right. And like. And. The frustration that you feel for her is really and should be frustration you should feel for yourself for not understanding what she needs, right? So if you're sitting there like, like you'll hear people say lines like this all the time, like, who even does that? You know what I mean? Like, who talks like that? Well, the person that just did it, right? That's who does. <laughs> so even though that was a rhetorical question, it was pointless because you know the answer already. Right. The person that made you say that is who talks like that. So now that you know that, you are the fucking boss because guess what? You have the blueprint of how that fucking person operates. So when you see people having the same argument over and over and over and over again, right? And you're like, when are you going to fucking listen? Oh, why do I have to keep telling the same thing? It's like, you already have the fucking blueprint. You know you know the trigger words, you know what bothers her, you know how she conveys her message, you know how she receives your message. If you know all that stuff already, it's just like going to war with your opponent, you know what weapons they have, where they're hiding, when they're going to attack you. Like, you know, 
yeah. <laughs> I won the war already. You know what I'm saying? So you just apply that to business. You apply that to personal relationships. Yeah. Apply it to everything. I love how articulate and intellectual you are, Quentin. Have you ever read the book, The 48 Laws of Power? Uh, no. Okay. It's about- and I like, know that's like- it, I want to say yes because I've skimmed through it. And because I've you, read you speak, the way you speak is so impressive. And it's like like all the greats throughout history, like the conquerors from back in the day, they apply all those techniques and now they're applicable today to business, relationships, whatever the case may be. And you have that knowledge. I think that's awesome. Well, so I, I appreciate valuable. that. And I'll, I'll tell you, some people may think I'm a dickhead for this, but like um, every book that I've started to read, because let's go back to your point, society dictates. Yeah. So- uh, society all reveres these certain books. So as I was developing, uh, becoming more successful, uh, I thought to myself, maybe the, maybe I should read these books, right? Uh, just so like I'm on the same playing field or I can use them as points of reference or if somebody else brings something up, I know what they're talking about. Um, every time I start to read a book, and this is going to sound super pompous, but every time I start to read a book, I think, I already know this. You know what I mean? Like, so I have yet to learn anything from any of those books that I've read. Um, I think you learn a lot from life experience. Yeah. When it comes to like, you know, like, like think about it, right? A teacher goes to school to read books written by somebody else that went to school and read books written by somebody else who went to school and read books. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if I go into a classroom and this teacher, is just teaching me things hearsay or curriculums that are written in a book. And I can tell, have you ever seen Slumdog Millionaire? Yes. So you know how like he won the game show because every question they asked, he could reflect back to his life and his life experience is why he was so smart. Yep. So that is kind of because I've lived so many lives and because I've paid attention to the life, the, the lives I was living while I was living them. And, and I was very attentive and I had empathy and I cared and I paid attention to people uh, and I was open-minded and I was never stubborn. I was never greedy. Um, it really, when you don't have these things like ego or greed or like, um, you know, short-sightedness or narrow-mindedness, when you don't have these obstacles, your fucking mind is wide open to take in everything, right? And when you can take it in and you're smart enough and, and you have enough critical thinking, you can really, it, it's almost like your brain's a pot and life is full of rest, like ingredients that you put inside this pot and you stir it around and it's like, there's the recipe, guys. It's right here in my pot. This like, what great. are you looking for? It's right here. I'm very selective and strict when using any types of products, period. However, the CLS experience is all about elevating your state and getting the mind right as it is our biggest asset in life. Something I've incorporated into my life is CBD, specifically sweat CBD. Just like this podcast, Sweat CBD is all about enhancing your state, designed to optimize your physical and mental well-being. I personally love their products, specifically the oil and the gummies. I've tried a few different CBD brands and products, and to me, this is the most natural feeling. I love their products and what the brand stands for. The founder of Sweat CBD is a dear friend of mine, and she's offering the entire audience, all the listeners, CLS family and universe, a special promo code. Enter CLSCBD at sweatcbd.com. Enjoy. I love you all. 
there's another movie, Goodwill Hunting, that <clears throat> classic. That uh, there's a scene when Matt Damon's across from the professor, and he gave him like an essay or something, and you know Matt's just sitting there like this. And the professor's, the professor's like looking at it like, this is great stuff, man. Have you thought about it? And he's like, yeah, it's in there. And he's like, what about, did you think? Well, he goes, yeah, it's in there too. And he's like, what about, and he leans over, he goes, you know how fucking annoying it is to watch you guys fumble around with this shit when it comes so fucking easy to me? Like, that's what life is to me, right? And I don't understand why people like, I, I, like it's, I mean, I get it because I understand those minds that don't have the ability to do it. But I don't get why it's so hard for people to see the simple open lane to life being great and how you want it to be. It's a mindset. Uh, huh? It's a mindset. People can revamp their mindset, but a lot of people see limitations where they should see abundance and opportunities, like you just said. Well, yeah, it's a mindset, but you know, even that word gets thrown around a lot from like, you know, true. life coaches and gurus and inspirational speakers and stuff, right? The way I grew up. I also didn't think I mattered. You know what I mean? So the way I grew up, I, I never felt like I, I, I thought I sucked. Like, and I thought the way that I thought, everybody thought the way I think. So I didn't realize the way I thought was, was different from anybody else. Yeah. So whenever somebody would ask my opinion, I always was like, who the fuck cares what I have to say? You know what I mean? Like, and it took a long time. It was actually, I spoke, you know, Donnie Deutsches? Yeah. Of course. So, uh, so he asked me to speak at uh, to his employees one time. So I can't tell you how many successful titans in industry have listened to me talk and say like, "Holy shit, dude, you're you're a DJ!" And like, they're blown away from my way of thinking. And I always get offered like either jobs or like in this case, Donnie was like, "Can you speak to my 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 staff?" So uh, it was 2014, and it was the first time in my entire life. Well. Second time, but the first time was with kids. So I kind of, in my, my own mind, looked at it like, eh, easy target. Of course, kids are going to look up to me. I'm, I'm a successful fucking producer and DJ, right? So, of course, when I say something, they're going to be like, oh, my God, that's, that's lit. You know what I mean? So that's how, <laughs> that's how I thought about it. You know, when, when I, like I, there were some kids that cried. Like, I spoke to like 70 kids one time. And like, oh, my God, I'm going to change my whole fucking approach of life. And you know, one kid was starting a business. I told him, his I usually had to change that. Don't do this. Da, da, da. I changed everything. And like two girls cried from like just being so inspired. But like I chalked it up to like their kids. Like they're just pumped up because you know what I mean? I'm a successful DJ. But when I went and spoke to adults that all graduated college and have degrees that qualify them to be hired by Deutsch Worldwide, and I realized the impact I had on those people, that was the first time I thought to myself, maybe I am as dope as other people say I am. You know what I mean? Like, cause I never, to this day, I still, I don't ever think I'm as dope as other people may think I am. Right. So you even have like a lot you, of confidence. What? Like you come across as a very confident cat. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a split personality in the sense that I'm, to- and I'm, by the way, I'm totally aware. I'm self aware of this about me. You know what I mean? So that's why I can say it. It's so weird because even since once I started making Clinton Sparks a business, yeah. um, I've detached myself from it. So Clinton Sparks, me, the person has always been the CEO and the president of Clinton Sparks, the brand. Love this. Uh, and it's funny because people used to laugh at me all the time when I would say this. Uh, it wasn't until like five years ago when people started saying brand, brand. And I'm like, yeah, I've been the brand. That's what get familiar. All that's a brand with a tagline, everything. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, so when you detach yourself from this, you don't let your emotions don't get involved. 
So if someone talks shit or hates the product, you don't take it personal because you detached your emotions from it. Um, so, and that's how I was able to move forward without ever being affected emotionally by somebody, uh, whether they thought I was awesome or they thought I sucked. Yeah. Um, it never went to my head and I never like got hurt feelings. I just looked at it as like field marketing. Like, all right, cool. That, that, that personality, if that person doesn't like this, there's got to be more of him. So that's a personality that might not have the taste that likes this thing that I'm doing. So what can I do to make that personality uh, be more of a fan of what I'm doing. And then somebody else that loves me, they say, great, I'm doing a good job over here, and there's probably more people that think like this person, what can I do to keep them feeling that way? Yeah. So, you know, that's just like any business, you know what I mean, being a CEO of a company. But you, you're um, so strategic in everything that you do, I love that. Yeah, I mean, almost like, almost scientifically, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, I like, I can walk in a room with five different businesses and companies, talk, listen for five minutes, and understand everybody in here, their needs, their wants, their desires, their fears, their greed, like everything from their body language to the way they're dressed, the way he combs his hair, what sneakers he's got on. Like I can literally know what you want from me, just you walking in the room. You know what I mean? Like So that's, what, that's why I've excelled. I guess even just when I just told you I just came back from San Diego, like I'm meeting with guys that are worth $100 million plus. Right. And I'm, I can sit in a room with those guys, but I can also sit in the room with dudes in the hood that don't know fucking shit about shit. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and, and relate to both of them and understand both of them. Yeah. But the special power is making them both understand each other. Yeah. Right. And that's like, look, like uh, uh, a rich guy that's never been broke uh, will never understand a broke guy. And a broke guy that's never been rich will never understand how a rich guy thinks. I've been both multiple times. You know what I mean? I've been broke, then rich, then broke, then rich. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get it. And that's why I understand everybody's personalities, like cultures, demographics. You know, I just understand it. It's just, it's kind of like back to goodwill hunting. Like, yeah. and by the way, I'm not saying I know everything, but I'm also intuitive enough to know what I don't know and also grab that. Oh, he just said something I didn't know. Oh, that or that. And I just take it all in. Like a machine. Yeah. Just, da, 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 what do you mean by that? Da, 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 what do you mean by that? Da, why did he act like that? Da, 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 how come that guy's being stubborn? Da, 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 how come she won't listen? Da, 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 and I take it all in and then I like compute it in my crazy mind to figure out how to fix it. That's your <laughs> genius. I love that. And also, you said something else that I was listening to, Clinton, that in the beginning stages when you were coming up, you were delusional to the fact that it wouldn't work out. You, this is where you were going, and that's naive, just that. Naive, yeah. Yeah, and I love that because that's so relatable. You have to be. Aren't all the greats like a little bit like they, they're just such visionaries that they don't even consider or entertain? Like, well, I think I think they they have the, the, the power of optimism. Um, I don't think they're naive. I think they're more optimistic. Um, and like I've always been optimistic to, to the point, <laughs> I should say his name, but uh, a CEO of a company I was with um, – Call, comes in my office one day. He goes, you know what your problem is? I go, well, I didn't know I had a problem, but if you think I do, I'd love to hear it. And then, <laughs> and then uh, he goes, you're too optimistic. Uh, I said, oh, you mean like Steve Jobs? Like Walt Disney? Like, you know, <laughs> like Tom Brady? Like, you know, the, the greatest people ever? Uh, and then uh, it's like, uh, no, I mean, man, you know, like, you know, you're just kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and da-da-da, you know, I think you need to kick the tires a little bit more. And I go, what makes you think I don't kick the tires? Like, based on what would you come in my office and say it's because to be quite honest, you don't really know me 
And I know you're so focused on yourself that you don't even pay attention to me or anybody else in this company to really understand how they operate. So I would love to know how you think I don't kick the tires based on zero facts, right? And he's like, well, you know, you just come in here and he brought up one thing that didn't end up working out. Uh, out of, by the way, after I just made like six of the biggest fucking things in the company happen and like bringing offset in, for instance. Uh, so when he said, well, this one thing, and it like wasn't even a real thing. It was like an idea I had to go, hey, why don't we try blah, 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 blah. And like, it wasn't like a real thing that I, you know what I mean? And it's like, anyway, so optimism was the point I was getting at, optimistic. But by the way, that same CEO, just seen him post on his Instagram like a month ago, optimistic. And I'm <laughs> Listen, he learned something from you. But it, it's so true. I love the way you said it. What you mean, like Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, Tom Brady, who, by the way, just got number seven, which I know you for Boston, so it's fantastic. Right, of course. But 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 by the way, he couldn't have got there without being optimistic. No. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, dude, you're a skinny twerp. Like, you're not built for this. Late round like, draft I think choice. I am, and I'm going to show you. Yeah. Tell me I suck again. Keep telling me I suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's not the most talented, uh, but he's very strategic, and he's very hardworking. He's got a great mindset. I love that you said that. With the book that you just dropped, what I think is so cool and special about that is, yes, it's it's about the music industry, but there it is right there. Bang. How to win big in the music business. My but, boy, Damon John. Yep. The forward. Shark Tank, um, baby. But Clinton, it's not just for people who want to be in music. All those tools and techniques you could apply to anywhere in business, correct? Uh, absolutely. All the, all the principles and values, uh, actionable steps. Um, they, they can be transferred to any industry, including your own personal relationships. Um, you know, I've had a bunch of my friends, like Rob Durda called me one day and he's like, he's like, Sparks, hold on, I got to talk to you for a second. And this is how Rob talks. If you watch Ridiculousness, then you know. He's like, how to win big in the music business is so much more than music. Why did you just call it music business? So he was like upset that that I limited it to the music business. But two things. One, again, back to the strategy. If I just wrote a book called How to Win Big and you didn't know who I was or you did know that I was a DJ and producer, you would automatically assume I'm just teaching you how to win big in music anyways, right? And if you didn't know who I was, you'd be like, who the fuck is this guy telling me how to win big, right? But if I say the music business and you look me up, it's easy to say, oh, this is a super accomplished guy in the music business. I want this book. If you care about the music business, right? Um, and it's it's really just the beginning of me. I'm gonna put out books like I did mixtapes. So like I already have like the next seven books uh, already kind of mapped out. I'm already like putting parts in each book. Like I do parts at a time, so I don't just stick to one. I'm like, oh, here's a good thought that would go to this book. Here's a good thought that would go to this book. Uh, so before you know it, I'll have five books like done, and I'm like, oh shit, these are all done. Like I can just I'm done. Yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of why I call it the music business because it made sense. Plus, the uh, independent, unsigned um, um, artist industry has garnered $2 billion last year and it's a huge market and no one's, there's nobody really qualified to do it and nobody's like the Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins of the independent music world. Uh, so I seen that there was a need and I seen that I was the person that could do it and I've, that's why I said, let me write this book and do this course so I can help all the people out there that are being misled, misguided, misinformed, being scammed, don't understand 
how to navigate their way to winning big in the music business. There's never been a bigger time, better time in the history of music where you could make money and build businesses around your music like you can now. Um, but people just don't have the information, the right information. So that's why so much for resources. the good of humanity and the good of culture and the good uh, to defend and protect you from all bullshitters and scammers, I stepped up to the plate and I was like, let me write this book. It's a quick matter of fact, no bullshit. Like even in the, in the forward or in the intro, I even tell you, I'm going to teach you how to do more dope shit and less whack shit. Uh, and that's what this book is. There's even a production company that came to me recently and asked to do a documentary on me. Um, so, you know, whatever. I already have, I have it written out. Like, it's called Dorchester, where I'm from. So, like, I would write it more like how, 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 like, like, 8 Mile, it wasn't about Eminem, even though it was about Eminem. You know what I mean? It was a yeah. story about this guy named Bunny Rabbit. That was ba- so I'd probably write it, it. Yeah, like I like I'd, I'd write it just as a great movie that's based off my life. It wouldn't be the Clinton Spark story. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely, I love that. We'll follow, we'll end with a couple of questions, Clinton. You have so much knowledge, my man, and the way you articulate stuff, my audience and the world is going to hear this. It's just so valuable. And Thanks, Craig, you do have such a good story to tell, my man. And one day, I am looking forward to reading that book. You've been through so much and your attitude is second to none. In my opinion, your mindset is bulletproof. Who are some of your sources of inspiration? Like, I'm a big guy. I love to sharpen the axe. I'm always getting inspired. That's why I'm talking to you here today. And I'm going to apply a lot of this stuff too. Who are some people that over the years that you sharpen the axe to or that inspired you? Who are some people whose axe I sharpened? No, like who do you like get inspired by? Like the Tom Brady's of the world, who people like get you going, get you junked up. Um, good people. I get inspired by acts of kindness. I get inspired of people uh, being selfless and doing good by others. I love that, and that's embodied in you. You said before, there's no necessarily end goal, right? You're going to be helping people become happier until your last breath, and even after that, because your content will still be here. Yeah, like you know, that's a good point. But like, I, I help people to a to a fault. Uh, to the point that it takes away time that I should be focusing on other things, <laughs> including my family sometimes. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to be better at that because I just I just want to help. And I think that maybe is because no one helped me when I was young. So I think I have this, like, insatiable appetite to just help as many people as I can. You know what I mean? And, like, and I know that feeling of, like, when you're young and, like, no one's, like, like no one's showing me how to fucking play catch. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, like, figure it out. No one's telling me how to talk to girls. No one's telling me how to, like, stand up for myself. No one's telling me, you know, anything. I had to figure it out on my own. You know, no one's telling me what you're doing over there is wrong. You know what I mean? Even though you know it's wrong, but, like, no one's, like, inspiring you to not do something wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I think that's why I try to help people so much. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because no matter how much you help, no matter how much you give... This is the only disheartening part is people just still want more and they're never satisfied. And a lot of people are ungrateful. Yeah. Uh, but when you decide what kind of man you want to be and you make that decision, nobody's actions or words, whether it's being ungrateful or insulting or disrespectful, should ever make you waver from the man you decided you were going to be. 
So when, man, why would you do that for that guy? He did that for you. Because I'm not that guy, I'm me. Uh, so why would you do something good for that person? Like they wouldn't do that for you. Because I'm not that guy, I'm me. Or, you know, that guy just fucked you over. I go, well, so now moving forward, I'll handle things differently. But just because he did something wrong, I'm not going to forget all the good things that he did before that. So, you know, because that's the kind of man that I've decided that I want to be. That's beautiful, buddy. Yeah. And we'll end up with these last two. You know, the, the easy question is a lot of my audience is obviously going through a ton of stuff. I think after hearing this episode, it'll put a lot of their life in perspective because you've been through so much stuff. What can you suggest to them that they can't get out of their own way to push forward because they're still living in their past? How do they let go of that and break free? I mean, we said it at the beginning of this conversation. Um, stop holding on to things that weren't your fault. Uh, you know, I know people don't sit there and blame themselves, but holding on to it and living in it and wallowing in it basically is putting blame on yourself. You know what I mean? Like it goes back to the broken leg analogy. You know what I mean? Am I going to be mad at a fucking bike for the rest of my life? Cause I did a jump and broke my leg on that bike. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's like I love that analogy. It makes perfect sense. I never heard anything like that before, but it makes perfect sense. Right. So, you know, and I know, you know, you'll get some people that might think somebody like me is an asshole because you're like, well, you don't understand what I went through and it's fucking hard. And like, you know, and I, and I get that. And I, and I get that you think it's hard, right? <laughs> I get that you think that way. And I get why you think that way. The problem isn't me understanding how you think. The problem is you not understanding how to think like I think. It's a choice. Uh, and, 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 and I'm okay because I've already figured it out. So when I'm trying to, if I know that pot is going to burn my hand if I touch it, and I tell you, yo, that pot's hot, don't touch it or you'll burn yourself, a smart person would be like, okay, well, that's sound advice, right? Because you know you have the ability to not touch that pot, and you know the result of touching that pot. You don't have the ability to understand how to come out better on the other side by the method that I'm teaching you because you don't have the strength or the desire to do so. So therefore, you'll say someone like me, what an asshole, like he doesn't know what I went through, it's, it's harder than he makes it seem like it's all easy. He probably, no, it is much easier. And I'll give you another example. In my book, I the, like the second to last chapter, I give a whole scenario of how I pulled together like me, Tommy Lee, uh, um, Macklemore, Two Chains, Tyrese, that, and all, and how I pulled this whole thing together to make my video for Gold Rush, um, happen, right? I pulled, I mastered art. Ma- mastering art is automatic resourceful thinking. It's a chapter in my book, Art, Automatic Resourceful Thinking, right? So I talk about that in this chapter. And the reason I'm comparing that to what I just said is because I tell you how I got it together and how we used our hands and I pulled this and that and then I put together this video last second and it was fucking awesome, right? And then I even say in the book, now you could sit there now and say, well, yeah, it's easy for you to do that because you're fucking Clinton Sparks. And then I say, no, dickhead. It's easy for me to do that because I did all the things in this book that I'm telling you to do so you'll be able to do it just like Clinton Sparks did. So it's the same thing with this. If I'm telling you it's just a decision, if I'm telling you it's not your fault, if I'm telling you how to like delete it from your brain and move on, and if I'm telling you how to defend and build happy, it's because I fucking did it. It's because I've helped many other people did it. It's because I figured out that key to life.
right? So, you know, it's easier for people to say, get mad or angry at you, um, you know, downplaying their trauma or making it seem like it's that easy. Uh, but it really is. And, you know, I know we're wrapping up, but I could tell a hundred stories that maybe when I got to the 96th, you'd be like, okay, maybe he does make sense now. You know what I mean? But like, I shouldn't have to tell you all those stories. Like, if you want to know more, then read my book, look me up, listen to this podcast, and you'll know that I'm being real about it. And I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Like, you don't have to buy anything from me. I'm telling you this because it's facts and it's, it's better for your life. And if you want to take this advice, awesome. I guarantee your life will be better. If you don't, then if you're not happy with your life right now, then you won't be a year from now either. You're on fire, Clinton. You are the human SEO. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask you one last weird question. Something probably a host doesn't ask you before. So I recently... Hold on. My dog keeps scratching the door because my dog loves me. (laughs) My dog was like, Clinton, you're saying some real shit. I want to hear it. Hold on. What kind of dog? And then she runs away. Get her in here. She's going to want to hear this one. Forget about it. All right. So laws. It is her loss. So I had two successful businesses on Wall Street and I pivoted in the pandemic and I went all in on my passion, my purpose, which is to help people and coach people to revamp their mindsets and show them that there is a different perspective, something that you've mastered. And I absolutely love that about you. And in the beginning, you know, you never know exactly what you're, what you're going to get per se, but ultimately you've had a ton of success so far. People think it's an overnight success, but what they don't see Clinton into the 20 hour days and work my ass off. Let me be honest. I don't have a lot of boundaries right now and I don't have a lot of balance. It is what it is. I'm doing what I absolutely love and I'm very grateful for that. But because I've had so much success so far, and obviously I want to continue to fly and keep helping more people, what advice or what suggestion could you give to me, ego aside, just man to man, that I could continue up the success and become even bigger so that I could help more people? Uh, You're doing it. You know, doing stuff like this, connecting with other people who inspire you and that you can learn from. You know, like I said, you know, be honest, be truthful, uh, be empathetic, be compassionate, be communicative, be honest, uh, fucking show up for your kids when you say you're going to, and like take that one line and apply that to everything. If you're a boss of a company and you say you're going to do something for this company, fucking do it. If you're an employee and you commit to doing something, get it done. Um, you know, I think I've never been in the military, but from, from my knowledge of how they're trained, I have a very military soldier kind of mind, meaning I can see that there, there isn't, there isn't an out. There isn't like, we got to get to that side of the mountain done. That's it. We got to get to that side of the mountain. So, you know, my alarm goes off. I just jump right up and I get to the other side of the mountain. just like a soldier would. So, you know, you gotta, I think I just seen, Never mind, But yeah, so (laughs) yeah, that uh, is going to start going down another path, but yeah, that's really what it is. Just make a fucking plan and don't cheat yourself. Stick to it and be a good person and build yourself by design. And I just want to say thank you so much for today for being vulnerable and really diving deep with us, Clinton. You don't shy away from your struggles as they shape you. And that is something I find very relatable and liberating. I want you to know that you are the definition of perseverance, grit, and heart from your days of the early mixtapes, working downstairs in the basement with some of the biggest icons and legends, and helping and uplifting others throughout your journey. You're a role model to anyone coming up today. I could personally guarantee that your best is yet to come. 
You're someone I admire and I appreciate very much. And you have my word right now, so I'm just telling you, this will definitely not be the last time that you and I collaborate. Respect the hell out of you, buddy. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. One thing I want to leave with people here is that um, to just, you know, be mindful of this. Um, most people on their quest to be, to wanting to be great, um, they feel that in order for them to be great, um, it's kind of the winner loser mentality. In order for me to be great, I have to make you not great. Um, and you'll get a lot further if you realize that helping others be great is being great. Yep. Um, so, you know, I just want people that are listening to realize that and take that into consideration. Uh, it doesn't matter who hits the home run as long as we win the game, right? We all win. I love that. Right. And lastly, my friend, where can the audience find you? Where do you hang out the most? Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. All my socials are at Clinton Sparks, at Clinton Sparks. And then in my Instagram bio is my link tree. So you can, I have the fastest, I have the biggest music and business show on Twitch right now. Uh, over 4 million in audience. Um, I just, I've had everybody from Damon John to Offset to Sway Lee to Little John, to, you know, T.I. to Rob Durdick. Everybody's on the show. So it's on every Monday night. You can get the link there. You can get my course. You can get my book. You can find out about my other businesses. Everything's in my bio at Clinton Sparks on Instagram or you can go to ClintonSparks.com uh, as well. And by the way, we didn't talk about this because I know it was more focused on me and the book, but um, I I own the fastest growing and most diverse esports and gaming brand in the entire world, Xset. Get familiar, rep the set, xset.com, at Xset on Instagram. Uh, and we're going to change, literally change the blueprint um, of what gaming means. And I know a lot of people watch this may not even be hip to gaming and how big it is. It's a $180 billion industry, you know, generates more revenue than music and movie industry combined. Um, you know, I've already brought one company from zero to $300 million valuation and I'm about to do this one even bigger. We have some major announcements coming out uh, that's really going to change the blueprint. I'm building the world's greatest culture club with gaming. You hear that audience? Get familiar. Yes, get familiar. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Get familiar. <coughs> Let's go. That's great. I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. I know most people associate you as being a DJ, but you are so much more, my friend. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that acknowledgement. Yeah. Thank you again for your time. And like I said, this will definitely not be the last time we collaborate. All right, Craig, don't forget, winbigandmusic.com, winbigandmusic.com. Go get the book. It's free, by the way. We didn't say it was free. It's free. Go get the book. You hear that, audience? See that? Great. I'm helping you. I'm giving you all this game for free. If that's not a fucking guy that's a good dude that's out here to help, I don't know the fuck is. Absolutely priceless. Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Thanks, Craig. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS, the YouTube channel Craig Siegel, and our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, where you could sign up for our email blast with all free trainings on all of our content. The best is yet to come.